0: We're now on part three of hysterectomy. And once again, I have with me Dr. Valieva.
1: Hi, friends.
0: And welcome back. <laughs> welcome. Uh, hello, and welcome to the New School OBGYN podcast, a podcast in women's health, but for everyone. Our goal is to promote good and reliable knowledge because the source of your information matters. My name is Eric Schmidt. I'm a board certified OBGYN. Today, I have with me Dr. Valieva. Hi, friends. Please consider downloading and following along. We're in all the major podcast hosts. Check us out on YouTube for the video podcast, which they're up hot and crispy. Um, I said that last time too. I really like that. (laughs) Um, Spice it up a little bit, Eric. So, uh, you know, just to go over it again, part one, we talked about, if you haven't seen the other parts, part one and two, we talked about uh, misconceptions a lot in part Mm. one. We talked a lot about routes of uh, hysterectomy in part two, and we went over surgical videos. So if you want to see us do surgery or me do surgery. Um, <laughs> check out that video on YouTube, New School OBGYN on YouTube. He doesn't, um, he doesn't trust my videos. <laughs>
1: You can send them. No comment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, part three, we're going to go over a lot of the, what you're going to expect pre-op and also expectations mm-hmm. in the post-op. And so uh, hopefully you can find this useful because mm-hmm. um, it is really the new standard of care um, when it comes to gynecologic surgery. And we're just helping to hopefully promote that yeah. as minimally invasive surgeons ourself. Um And so, yeah, part three, Olga. Um, let's talk about the ERAS pathway. Okay. What is it?
1: Are you making me think over? words? I'm just kidding. ERAS um, <laughs> protocol or ERAS pathway is uh, short for enhanced recovery after surgery. Um, developed to help promote faster healing, um, less medication use, and just an overall, I think, better experience in terms of surgery. So most surgical specialties, if not all, should be using it. It really was driven a lot by anesthesia initially, but then adopted by surgeons as well.
0: And colorectal too.
1: Well, they're surgeons.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> Zoned. We're just,
1: they're just—they're not real surgeons. Right? Zoned. I'm just kidding. Um, so a lot of the ARIS protocol is education and expectation for the patient. So we want to make sure that everybody's on board. Just because, again, expectations from you know auntie, cousin, whoever having their surgery were very different than what we're doing today. So um, a lot of education and expectation.
0: Yeah. Um, so what it is is. Paris is basically a lot about educating patients and trying to break those old myths, mm. which we're all about here at the New School OBGYN mm. podcast. Um, and so of like I've heard stories of people having hysterectomy, uncomplicated, in the hospital for weeks. Yeah. Um, and so like bed rest, right, no food. Right. Et don't don't eat for three days mm-hmm. before, don't eat for three days after. Um, and um, that is luckily hopefully. Mm-hmm actually in some areas, unfortunately, probably not gone. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of it is just discussion with the patient starts in clinic. Um, we just go over expectations for surgery. Uh Um, and okay, let's be honest about surgery. Um, there's going to be pain. The goal is not no Mm -hmm. pain. Uh Um, and so that's a lot of what it's talked about. It's talked about, um, you know, the, uh, the fasting before surgery, Uh we still do fast before surgeries. Um, and, but it's changed a little bit. Um, depending on some of the foods, it can be anywhere from six to eight hours for solid foods mm-hmm. before surgery. Um, but one of the things that it's we found is good is actually to keep that GI system um, almost going. You don't want to really necessarily mm-hmm. go out of routine because of surgery. And so liquids, especially maybe some carbohydrate liquids are okay, but for sure talk to your provider um, before doing any of this, but Mm -hmm. it's, so it's nice to say you don't have to completely, absolutely starve yourself or, um, um, be without water for, you know, the whole, Day or eight hours mm-hmm. before surgery. Yeah.
1: So w- recently, we're we're limiting things now to two hours before surgery to clear liquids. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, coffee made it into the clear liquid category, and I'm not upset about it. But
0: oh yeah, yeah. we love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No milk in your coffee, though.
1: Correct. No cream or milk. Um, another big thing people ask about is bowel prep. What do we yeah. do about bowel prep?
0: Yeah. So I, you know, again, in my Google research, I talked about it in one yeah. of other podcasts, like and, and hearing these people talk about how they mm-hmm. had to do this one um, Woman who had her hysterectomy made a very nice video about it, Um, but talked about how she had a three day bowel prep. Oh, Jesus, that's
1: sad.
0: And it was explained to her that it would, like clear her out, so it's like I yeah. can you know helpfully you know make it so like things can flow back out better initially, and that mm-hmm. is that is bad. Yeah, it's not great.
1: Also sad. Um,
0: and sad. Um, because that can also you know. Um, can hurt your healing because it'll Mm -hmm. decrease your your proteins Mm -hmm. um, and your body's ability to heal. um, Also can cause electrolyte abnormalities, Mm -hmm. um, having to go through a bowel prep and all of that just comes out.
1: Yeah. And just to be clear, we're only talking about this in terms of GYN surgery. So if you're having bowel surgery, obviously that's a whole different ballgame. Um, and one more thing I'll say, there are some instances where we do recommend bowel prep, and that's only in if we're expecting a lot of scar tissue or endometriosis or if there's a higher chance that we might have to – involve some of our colorectal surgeons just to help us out during surgery but yeah. those are really really rare yeah. instances where we are bowel prepping but in terms of hysterectomy wine surgery we do not recommend that it's not beneficial and it just causes pain and misery for the patients
0: yeah. big theme yeah. here is hope and it, i like to coin this but we're hopefully trying to interrupt your day as little as possible and yep. that includes mm-hmm. um the dietary wise too Absolutely. and so um and something also I I've adopted too is giving medication medications in the pre-op period mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. Um, and these can be either you can pre- prescribe them and tell the patient to take it, you know, mm-hmm. two hours before the surgery, or um, I just give them in the hospital. Um, I my combination is a combination of Tylenol, and ibuprofen-like medicine called Celecoxib, um, and then mm-hmm. Celebrex, Celebrex, yep, and then Gabapentin. Um, To help with that nerve type pain.
1: I don't want to burst your bubble, but it's not your regimen. It's like
0: everybody's regimen. I said that I've adopted. Yeah, there can be slight variations, (laughs)
1: Um, but the goal is to
0: that hope you know with with that first little cut with surgery. Mm -hmm. Even though you're sleeping, not necessarily interpreting that pain at that moment in time, your body is, Mm -hmm. and so um, that's why same reason for like local anesthetic, why we use it too, um, is we want to stop the pain signals from starting mm-hmm. and then inflammation process. So, yep. um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, anything else you can think about in the pre-op that we particularly do? No, I not think.
1: necessarily. I mean, the only thing I was going to add is sometimes doing a tap lock, but I think that's more
0: in drop, but. a bit more bigger surgeries, yeah. especially laparotomies, mm-hmm. but you I'll like do to that. do it from there. La- yeah. Anyway, um, that's, that's a, um, injection of, um, some long acting yep. anesthetics, um, yeah, that sometimes you can do while the patient's sleeping before mm-hmm. the surgery.
1: Into the belly, yeah. yeah. Um, we do typically, I mean, obviously everybody should be doing this and go over m- medication use beforehand, um, especially the chronic pain medications or um, not pain, but just any pain med- or any medications in general, um, just so that patients know what they can and cannot take before surgery is as well, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, going over the medications because mm-hmm. someone's a diabetic, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not so they're not eating for eight hours. You're not right. going to want to dose their diabetic medications or the give them same them that day. Apple juice, <laughs> or give them apple <laughs> juice, um, right. and so yeah. And then in the surgery, you know, we talked a lot about the surgery in the last podcast, mm-hmm. so we're not going to talk too much about that today. Um, but uh, but um, afterwards, um, again, my goal is to get patients home that same day. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that is most luckily been adopted by most yeah. minimum invasive surgeons. Yeah. And um, I, I
1: think most patients like that as well. Yeah. Sleeping in yeah. your own bed. Yeah, absolutely. Not having the hospital lights and noises go noises, off. Noises, yeah. different
0: codes that you get over Super overhand. comfortable yeah. beds.
1: Yeah. Um, that is to say that there are some patients that, should probably spend the night. So mm-hmm. if they have significant medical conditions or just any medical condition that requires a little bit of extra attention, mm-hmm. um, people, I like to keep people that have chronic pelvic pain or are taking already narcotic pain medications to control their pain, just because I know they'll have a little bit more pain afterward, just so I can better titrate yeah. their pain medications yeah. or people that don't have any help at home, right? We I know that the goal is for this to be a day mm-hmm. surgery, but if they don't have any assistance, sometimes it's helpful to have somebody, yeah. you know, help them out at night at least the first night yeah
0: i mean every every little point here probably mm. has an asterisk by sure. it. um yeah. and um you have to you know figure out the safest thing for each individual of patient yeah. and so yeah but for h- sure.
1: home the same day back to normal life as quickly yeah. as possible yeah so, so yeah. One of the biggest things is we want early ambulation, get up and get going as soon as you can. Obviously, we're not expecting you to be running up and down stairs right away, but in, in the PACU, as soon as you're out of recovery and you're you know coherent enough, we try to get you to walk around a little bit with mm-hmm. assistance. But the earlier you start moving around, the better you're circulating your blood, the faster the healing will be. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much one step. I often have patients ask me how long they're going to be on bed rest and my favorite answer is
0: zero minutes. <laughs> you are not going on bed rest. We so. often prescribe, you know, everyone around the house doing the dishes and mm-hmm. the laundry and everything for about six weeks. But uh, do we? No. Oh, I, I prescribe that. Yeah. To the to the partners. Oh, the the patient probably could do it, but I oh, no. I have the oh, partners no. pick up the slack. But the, anyway, um, you mentioned the PACU, and so like yeah. I guess we could touch briefly on like how it works. So, mm-hmm. so you obviously pre-op, you're in a room, you go to the OR, you have your surgery, mm-hmm. you, they start to wake you up in the surgery, and then bring you to. What is the immediate recovery area Mm -hmm. for the, give or take around 45 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. to make sure nothing acutely, it's like the first stage um, to make sure nothing's acutely wrong with after um, waking up from anesthesia. And then you go to the second stage of recovery. Again, usually um, every system is a little bit different, but um, and and working closer and closer to go. hopefully going home.
1: Yep. And that's usually where we try to walk you around and try you on some liquids and start with some water, some ginger ale, soda, crackers, make sure that you're keeping everything down. Um, Ideally use the bathroom and then you get to go home. Usually within two to three hours, depending on you know how your pain and how your symptoms are going. Um, we do want you to resume your diet immediately. Um, I often keep my patients to keep it light that day, just because of anesthesia, nausea, things like that. But you're not restricted in any sense. We um, don't want to throw up
0: after having no, abdominal no. surgery. Now,
1: I always make a joke of like, "What well, might go down will come back up." So make wise choices about that. <laughs> you know, maybe not a salad. Just say keep it to soups, something it like sounds that. salads, healthy yeah but like I don't so like, much chewing I don't like yeah. salad yeah no, nobody likes salad um But yeah, there's no dietary restrictions again, back to normal life. Um, We definitely always discuss medication use. So I often will tell patients to make a table and I think you have it in your pre-op documents to actually have a table of medications and keep everything on a schedule, at least the first few days. So expect the pain, the gist of the pain to be in the first few days. And my personal goal for pain control is uncomfortable or better. I don't want them to be in so much pain that they can't get out of bed, you know, perform activities of daily living, brush your teeth, take showers, things like that if you cannot get out of bed because you're in so much pain we need to fix that right that's not healthy for you mm-hmm. so um definitely pain control is a big one uh we want to try to minimize narcotic use as much as possible um you know we, we are cognizant that there is a you know national epidemic of opiate use and abuse so but that being said don't be afraid of opiates you need them you just had a major surgery it may not look like major surgery but it is so do take them
0: yeah um it didn't for the scheduled medications mm-hmm. too it's it like for example um i, I use the same medications i i did pre-op mm-hmm. and you can um you you we have a written out schedule and you can stagger things mm-hmm. um but i like to tell patients too if 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 your pain because everyone's different right. right like absolutely don't compare yourself too much to other people mm-hmm. abdominal surgery can be a whole different type of pain you know someone i have some of the toughest people and you know it's just a different type of pain Absolutely. that can come from abdominal surgery. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'd rather have a patient maybe take a little light narcotic and mm-hmm. move around than sit in bed curled up and not move right. because of the pain. exactly, exactly.
1: Um, another big one is nausea. Often people are nauseated because of just the anesthesia itself, um, us walking around in their belly, narcotic pain medications um and also constipation that thing is a beast uh, so we always give our patients nausea medications and depending on their history you know different doses different types of medications yeah. um constipation is huge i mean that's probably
0: yeah you can try through. to fix that too beforehand too absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah um so like if you know if you're a chronic constipator mm-hmm. if that's the word <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that means something else. Maybe I don't do know. Maybe do bowel prep. Um, just kidding. <laughs> not a bowel prep. But, you know, you can do your stool yeah. softeners for the weeks before surgery. To yeah. Kind of, you know, again, because you want things to, mm-hmm. you don't want to push no, too much no, no, with no. that abdominal surgery yeah. either. Just and like you don't want to vomit.
1: It's just not comfortable. I mean, you're, the narcotics will constipate you. The anesthesia will constipate you. Us touching the bowel you know, kind of down the bowel a little bit so um, if there is a stool softener or something that you know will make you go i mean by all means do it just because that's sometimes it's worse pain than the actual surgical pain for some people including gas pain so um whatever gets you pooping sorry that's not very profesh but defecating that just made it so much worse <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, um so the, again part of the education that we do a lot pre-op but then also reiterate that in the post-op phase as well um, one thing often people will ask us too is catheter use in the bladder. So you saw us in the last hysterectomy part episode whatever the video that we do um have to push the bowel i'm sorry the bladder off of the uterus and um we do put a catheter in the bladder during the surgery because we need that bladder as empty as humanly possible so that we don't cause any injuries but we also know that catheters aren't super fun and they can cause infections and we want people to go home so we take it out immediately um after the completion of the surgery before you're even awake so um some historically, I think people would keep the catheter in overnight just to kind of give the bladder a rest. Again, no benefit or data showing that. But some women will, some patients will have a little bit of what we call urinary retention. So they might need to have a catheter, but we always give you a fair try, make sure that you're able to pee before we
0: put that back yeah. in there. So, yeah, just the anesthesia itself can mm-hmm. cause urinary retention. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Um, and yeah, and all of this again, just to make sure that you get to go home the same day, recover in the comfort of your home with your Netflix and popcorn.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Netflix and chilling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't chill the chill way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chill our way.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we're talking about hysterectomy so I guess we'll stay on topic for that. But it, mm-hmm. it it's a big surgery. It's unminimally yeah. invasive. It's a big surgery. Mm-hmm. And so just from what I like to tell patients as far as the pain symptoms going forward is, you know, it is a big surgery. Expect on average, six to seven out of 10 pain mm-hmm. um, in those first few days. Sometimes the day after surgery is the worst mm-hmm. um, because a lot of those IV medications, the anesthesias have worn off and you're starting to move around. Um, but um, I generally, even the same day of surgery, one patient's getting up every couple hours, mm-hmm. moving around, keeping that blood moving, de- decreasing your chance of blood clots. absolutely. Um, and um, But usually with a minimally invasive approach, Patients are feeling pretty darn good at a week. Yeah. Really good at two weeks. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, they can potentially even resume, you know, most of their activities, go for walks outside, everything, you know, in that time. Yeah. Except for the heavy lifting. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing in the vagina type. Mm -hmm. You know, for
1: and I think we're pretty similar in terms of activity and restriction. You kind of touched on this earlier, is everybody feels and heals differently, right? So what, you know, Cindy might do one day, Stacy cannot do the other day. Right. So sorry, I'm just throwing out random names. Um,
0: I know some pretty st- tough Stacys out there, so they're, they're offended. Was,
1: I once had a patient to go to work. Like we did our surgery on Thursday or Friday. She was back at work on Monday and I'm like, there is yeah. you're a unicorn. I mean, like, give not yourself, every, I, I try yeah. to encourage
0: patients to take two weeks off to at concentrate least, on themselves. Yeah, and yeah. if someone has a desk job at home, they can return, sure, Absolutely, but very moldable situation absolutely. for each patient. Again,
1: every, don't do, and I think you mentioned this too, do not compare yourself to others. Everybody feels their pain differently. Everybody recovers differently. Everybody has a different baseline health level too, right? So um, stay active to the best of your abilities. And my thing is stay active, but don't cause yourself too much pain, right? Of course, you're going to be sore. You're going to be uncomfortable, but if it's very uncomfortable and very painful to do something then don't do it maybe yeah. wait another few days or a yeah. week and try that again right listen to the body yeah there'll be days where you have more energy and then you want to you know go mow your lawn don't do that um or you know do some things around the house or whatever and then you find that that was too much for you and then you're kind of sore and hurting by the end of the day but um give yourself some grace but also don't feel like you
0: have, have to. to just yeah. like have to prove anything
1: right exactly but also don't be a couch potato like room around yeah. we don't want you in bed, yeah. all, bed all day long so yeah
0: you can't you know it it's easy I think sometimes mm-hmm. and it's just a natural response to be scared of the pain absolutely and not want to engage it but I often tell patients like you know when you're leaving the operating room you know I'm making sure you're safe to do things mm-hmm. you know and and you know getting up and doing things is good knowing that that pain yeah. that you're having when you're moving mm-hmm. it is normal mm-hmm. and um, kind of sets that expectation in the yeah. brain a little bit um, and you know, one only thing to touch on too is the bleeding that can happen afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what do you tell patients?
1: Um, I like bleeding maybe the first day, but then spotting discharge afterwards. And if they have more bleeding than that, let me know, because there really shouldn't be any more sources of bleeding, right? Unless there's something going on that shouldn't be. I,
0: I like to, I like to phrase that the, um, And especially with increasing the activity over the Mm -hmm. couple of weeks afterwards, that that suture that we, we, unfortunately, I don't think I included in that video. No, you didn't. Um, So when we take the uterus off um, and then sew the top of the vagina back together, um, it's a suture that takes about, at least the one that we use, Mm -hmm. takes about it's not permanent, but it takes about two months to dissolve. Mm-hmm. And so um, that suture, which is going through the vaginal tissues, mm-hmm. if someone does something, it might pull a little bit, it might cause a little bit of mm-hmm. spotting. Um, and I generally say spotting can last for potentially weeks, mm-hmm. maybe a month, maybe mm-hmm. longer, two, yeah, six but weeks. some patients might never have a single drop of blood yep. from day one. Yeah. And so it's a wide range of outcomes, but we just try to explain, I just explain what usually the median mean mm-hmm. kind of situation is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so some bleeding should never be heavy again. No, nope, never So heavy. say bye-bye.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then energy levels. I mean, you, again, we touched on It's a major surgery, but it doesn't look like it. But you will be pooped. You will be tired.
0: Yeah. Do not underestimate the fatigue that, mm-hmm. that can happen after a surgery, just from the healing process itself. Absolutely. You're a little deconditioned. Um, it can take that. And this is part of the reason why we say, you know, I, we want you getting up, doing things, going for walks, mm-hmm. even in the, the six weeks of restriction time. And it mm-hmm. will help get your energy back. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. A lot of women patients will struggle when they get back to work or regular activity that they're like, man, I just could not get through the day. It was too much. And I had to go home and take a nap. And that's, that's pretty common.
0: Yeah. It's okay. Again, give yourself grace. Don't mm-hmm. expect to be where you're at. Slowly work your way back. Um,
1: and you'll get there and then you'll be happy for a very long time.
0: Did we just cover everything on hysterectomy? Probably not. We touched. We did good. A lot. Um, I can't think of anything else at this immediate time.
1: No, that was good. Good job, Barry.
0: Resumption of vaginal penetration intercourse. Not until we clear you. Not until you talk to your doctor. And with all these points, always talk to your doctor. Um, because this is just, you know, information um, it's not medical advice. And so, um,
1: yeah,
0: I'm just trying to find my outro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you passed it. <laughs> well, thank you Struggle everybody was. for listening and following along. Um, and we really appreciate you sticking with us during all these lectures And, um, you know, that is it for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, If you have any questions, hit us up on the YouTube comments. That's where the best response usually is going to be. And uh, as always, the contents of this podcast and video are for educational purposes only. Includes all the videos, part one, two, three, all of them. Um, none of that is meant for personal medical advice. Please contact your medical provider if you're in need for personal medical advice. Hope you guys have a great day. And that ends the hysterectomy series.
1: Hey, yo.